As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ryan Pace has done such an amazing job. The time is now. We know that. It's Hogan Johns. Come Sunday or Monday, Thursday, wherever time it is, we be prepared. Like my success doesn't really matter as much as the team's success. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam, Adam Hogan. You are the father, Daddy. And from the, from the Athletic, it's Adam, Adam Johns. It truly is a beauty and the beast. I might add a handsome beast to that. It's the Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. What's up, everybody? Another Fishbane. I know that doesn't sound right. John's and Fishbane podcast. Adam Hogue is coming back from Seattle. Does that sound all right for you, Kev? Yeah. No, you about Fishbane first? No, no, no. It should be the Hogan John's show. You know how SNL's got like the also featuring? I'm that guy. Yeah, you're that guy. Also featuring. Or yeah. like like in the in the credits, like the big actors get the, the width. Ooh, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like yeah. I, I like if you watch just like a random show and they happen to have that special guest star that one episode who's like way cooler and better than the main characters, they get that special with. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Like I took my sons to see Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Like William Defoe with Marissa Tomei with. Great movie. You know what? Never mind. We'll, we'll save the No Way Home references for another podcast. Maybe when Hogue returns. Yeah, you have, no, no, you like, have no idea what I'm talking about, but I, 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 I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't. But welcome in Hogan Johns. Week 17 is here. Some teams are interviewing candidates already, or at least requesting to interview coaching candidates around the league. The Jaguars have been busy. Um, Adam Hogue is still coming back from snowy Seattle, where more snow awaits him here in Chicago. Looks like we got about an inch outside, Kev. I don't know about you, but by me, you got about an inch or two of snow. Um, Welcome home, Adam Hogue, whenever you get in. But here we are, week 17. Um, you know the deal. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Johns, at Adam Hogue. Read him on NBC Sports Chicago. You can read me and Kevin Fishbane, at kfishbane, on theathletic.com, where we, always, where we always have plenty uh, to get through. And uh, we have our national writers chiming in every now and then as well. Um, should, Kevin, teams, should teams get to... Uh the op- the option to opt out of week 18 like how fantasy leagues just 
don't count yeah, like, sh- like if like shouldn't the bears be given like uh hey you guys don't have to play week 18 if you don't want to um i don't think they can but some players might have that mentality yeah. well, you say, i would say i would say you can get your game mentality. you can get your game checks i'd even give them their game checks and say you know what you, you, every team you like do you want to play 16 games do you want to play 17 games yeah yeah no it doesn't work that way Maybe some teams you'd really want to see them play 12 games. (laughs) Kevin, the Vikings-Bears game on Monday Night Football, two bad teams set a viewership record. Just so we'll watch this. I'm not complaining about my job. I got the the commenters on YouTube. I can remind everybody you can watch this on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Um, Felt like I was being too negative, like, like I hate football or something. I love football. I love my job, but... Bad teams are bad teams, and bad football is bad football. Yeah, I heard you were a real uh, negative Nelly. Uh, well, the, the Bears won. It was a comeback win, 25-24. What could it, you... it was an exciting football game. I, I said that in the last podcast. Exhilarating. Exhilarating. Yeah. Phenomenal catch by Demir Bird. Said that a few times. But the it's Seahawks hard. are 5-10. and ten. It means the Bears nothing. are 5-10. Yes, it, yeah. it means something to some players. You know, wins are better than losses, but... By the way, and we should note, a Bears season is not over until they go to Minnesota because that is how Bears seasons end. Exactly. exactly. Fun fact, the Bears have not played in Minnesota before Thanksgiving since 2006. Oh, that is my bitter yearly reminder to the NFL. Please send me to Minneapolis when it's not freezing cold because I would like to enjoy the city a little bit. <laughs> Every year snow. it's the season finale. When there's not snow and ice and... The wind chill. Um, we got to start with Matt Nagy. There is some news of the day. This is where Adam Hogue would hit the breaking news, news of the day. There he is. Look at that. That's in the playoff game from a few years ago. Yep, playoff game, game day program. There he is, Matt Nagy. That with guy the on his left is no longer on the team. I'm guessing a few of those guys are, are no longer on the team. Um, so he comes out and unsurprisingly says that he is operating under the assumption that he is going to coach out the rest of the year. I was not surprised. You weren't surprised. I don't think anybody should be surprised. But I feel like a lot of fans out there seem angry about it. What do you think? Yeah, I think they were frustrated, and I think that frustration probably um, crescendoed a bit on Tuesday when news leaked about the Jaguars getting going on their interview requests. Um, you know, look, we've talked about it. We talked about it with Mike Sando last week. Yes, it would be nice for the Bears to be able to get going and and do their start doing their due diligence with some of these Zoom interviews that they're not allowed this year. But they don't have to do that, and they'll be okay. Like we'll we'll get to that Jaguars list in a minute, John Z. But I don't think there's anybody on that list that you should be sitting there as a Bears fan, like, oh my God. If Jacksonville hires Kellen Moore, I will never forgive the Bears for not firing Matt Nagy. No, I mean, look, and, and no, all due respect to Kellen Moore, but I, like, I, I just don't think this is this needs to be a race necessarily. And I think the question was John Z, because we know the Bears front office. Let's just say they they make unique decisions. They make some sometimes unique. Decisions. Some would call them head scratching. Um, some would call them illogical. So 
you could convince yourselves that the Bears would be so dysfunctional to tell Matt Nagy he's gone, but have him coach the last two games. But that we, we that would have come out. They're not going to do that. And and look, listen. They well, I'll segue here. We don't know who's in charge of firing the head coach at this moment. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I hear your let's tell Matt Nagy he's fired, but don't fire him yet. That would have been our, such a terrible argument. idea. If they and did I, that. And, but I raise you. Let's not tell Matt Nagy. Let's tell Matt Nagy he's fired, but not fire him yet. But also have Ryan Pace do the interviewing, but also then fire him after the season. Because that's the question here. Like, who was doing the interviewing? And then Ted Phillips is the one putting in the slips for the request, and then you move Ted Phillips to a different role. Yes, yes. So the, the thing about this new two-week window, um, brand new rules, teams can request to talk to these candidates over Zoom. It's basically two hours over Zoom, right? You want to talk to Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator? It's two hours over Zoom. Fine. But who's doing that interviewing for the Bears? If you're one of those fans who want like a full house cleaning, then you just wait. Like, if they're not going to fire Matt Nagy now, they're not going to fire Ryan Pace right now. They're not going to move Ted Phillips to stadium operations in Arlington Heights. They're not doing that right now. So until that's in order, until the people who are above Matt Nagy are in order, Matt Nagy is still going to be your head coach. And I think the Bears are trying to figure out where they're going to go. That may sound... That may be extremely frustrating for fans to hear, but as Matt Nagy would say, that's where they're at. And and I, I I'm guessing there's some Jaguars fans, for example, Johns. Not to keep going back to Jaguars, but guess who the Bears are in a grouping with? The Jacksonville. That's where the Bears are. They are in the Jacksonville Jaguars category right now. Uh, there are probably a lot of Jaguars fans that are annoyed that Trent Balky is is yeah, leading this. Yeah, the the dude was like one of the most hated executives in, in the league at one point, wasn't he? Like, yeah, in San Francisco. It, it, it flamed out horribly I don't San think Jacksonville is going to put in a request for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I, I don't think the news that he was being retained by the Jaguars was met with rounds of applause around the league, at least not on Twitter, amongst the national writers and what have you. It's So I get the anxiousness to get this started, but people need to be in place. You need to figure out what you're, what you're doing with your GM, and, you, and that's probably the other argument, like why are they waiting this long, but it's the Bears. It's the Bears, but you're not going to fire Matt Nagy until you know what's going on above him. I guess, you know, and they, George McCaskey, you would hope at this point, does know what he's going to do ultimately at the Monday after the season ends. Um, but again, that doesn't mean he needs to make those moves right now. I, I just, I just don't, I, yes, there is a benefit to getting started, but I don't think the bears are going to be stuck way behind. I think the people that want to get started are kind of convincing themselves of this great advantage because they're so done with Matt Nagy. And, and you know what? Listen, George McCaskey is nothing if not a somebody who's going to you know lead with his heart, and like as corny as that sounds, I think he I I, I think he still has enough respect for Matt Nagy at this point that he wants to finish these last two games. Matt Nagy's never had a losing season. This will be his first losing season. Ooh, maybe they should keep him. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, in in, in George McCaskey's opinion, I'm sure that carries. Some weight. How much? 
we could debate that. Those on Twitter can debate that. Those on the YouTube comments can debate that. But I'm sure that's how George McCaskey feels. Like, like there's a like a lesson here, and I tell this to my ten year old son all the time. It's not who does this the fastest. It's who does it right. Like, don't be the first. Just get it right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is not a race to find to make the first head coach hiring. It's about getting it right. Well, should should we go through some of these candidates? Because I, I think I think when you hear these names, you, you understand why you're you're just not getting that edge. So the, so according to reports, these are from this is I'm pulling this from NFL Network, Tom Palacero, Ian Rapport. Mike Garofolo, ESPN's Adam Schefter. Here's here's who the Jaguars have put in for. Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator. Uh, Matt Eberflus. I think I said that wrong. Did I say that okay? You're close. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, if, he, if he becomes a Bears head coach, I will definitely make sure I learn it. Uh, Colts defensive coordinator. Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles from the Buccaneers. Doug Peterson, former Eagles head coach. And then from the Cowboys, Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. No surprises. I think those guys are on any list of head coach candidates. But, Johns, there is not a guarantee with any of those guys. And listen, there's no guarantee with anybody when you're making this head coach hire. Like, think about how much the Bears thought they made a slam dunk with John Fox. Like, there was, at the time that John Fox was hired, there was very little criticism about that move. Because everybody knew who John Fox was and what he had accomplished in his career. I'm just saying, you look at those guys, and yes, it's could Nathaniel Hackett be the next Sean McVay? Maybe, right? Could you know Matt Eberflus be the next Brandon Staley? Right? Could you know you, you you go down the list of of what these guys could be? Maybe, but I don't think you're sitting there looking at that list and thinking, oh my God, the Jaguars are going to hire that guy or the Raiders when they get into this. Um and, and the Bears are going to be. I, I, do any of those guys to you jump out as like so far above everybody else that the Bears no. need to get going? No, no. And here's the great irony in all this is that the Bears talking about you, Ted Phillips. If you're part of this process again, I'm talking about George McCaskey, who by all accounts is extremely hands-on this time around. You should still have notes on Todd Bowles. You should yep. still have notes on Dan Quinn. If you want to request an interview with Josh McDaniels, I'm sure you have a notebook, some recordings from him too. You know why? Because you've been through this before, actually a lot before in the past 10, 11 years, and you've interviewed some of these guys before, and here we go again. You don't have to be the fastest, just get it right. Not on that list was the guy that, that I had been thinking about and Mike Sando really sold me on last week, John Z was Jim Caldwell. And and he could still end up on one of these lists. He could be on the Bears list online. But I find I find that to be a very fascinating option. And you want to hear my Jim Caldwell fun fact? Go seven and one record against the Bears during his time as Lions head coach. Seven and one. Seven and one. Is it Matt Nagy seven and one against the Lions? Yes. Yeah, and if they only played three quarters of football, he'd be. Actually, I shouldn't say that they'd be. No, it's possible they were trailing in the third quarter in a couple of those wins. But you get my point. Um, yeah, I uh, and I've said this before, and Hogue kind of disagree. I don't since they disagree, but you know, George McCaskey could also be on the phone with a Trace Armstrong, right? An Ozzie Newsome, 
some of these guys we kind of talk about in that potential team president role. And he could say to them, hey, I, you can't have a pen out. Hey, I just want to jot down some notes. Who do you yeah. like? Talk to Rod Graves. You know, talk to some of these people who are in that world. Um, and and he could be doing his own research. And I can. And the Hogue made a good point that that's a that's a tough thing for someone like George McCaskey to do when his head coach is still under contract. But the point I'm making is there's nothing that's stopping him from getting that research done right now. He should he be could just go. It. He could just go on Wikipedia and read about these guys. Wikipedia's got a great <laughs> rundown of coach bios. Except Joe Judge's page, because apparently he's now a clown. Did you see that one? Oh, oh no. Yeah, I think, I think they got taken down eventually. But I think the point here is I get the overreaction because this is what the Bears tend to do, but you can't fire the coach if you don't know who's actually going to do the next hiring quite yet and the bears may be dragging their feet on that but that's what the bears do um one more note before we go to voicemails and then our good friend john greenberg is going to join the podcast um alan robinson spoke to the media today over zoom he is back from the reserve covid19 list but kev the dude lost 10 pounds usually these guys at least in our experience covering the Bears and, and many of the stories around the league, these guys have either minor symptoms or a good percentage of them are symptomatic. But Robinson, 10 pounds? Does he want to play against the Giants? Yeah, it, it's scary. I mean, you think about how much you know these guys are peak physical fitness, right? He's young, incredibly athletic, healthy. He said he was telling reporters today he hadn't really been sick since high school. You know that's that's the scary part of of, of this uh, of this virus, and yeah, he doesn't you know he doesn't know if he'll be in football shape in time for the Giants. I I, I feel like he would want to play if he can. Like he knows there's nothing he can do in the last two games that can change the re- the resume. He's going to free agency, which is as bad as you could imagine for s- somebody of his caliber. Thirty two catches, three hundred fifty three yards, one touchdown in ten games. But you, and with that said, he he probably wants to get just one, like one good game in. If he can just get one, you know, one good game in, just kind of as a lasting memory. But it's gonna be a hard. It's gonna be that's asking a lot for someone that needs to get get his conditioning back. Not to mention then get you know enter an offense that's one of the worst in football. So it's uh, it's been a tough year for him, and this was uh, you know, obviously made it worse. Franchise tag year, lost year, hurt, COVID list. Bears franchise guys with who've gotten the franchise tag haven't done so well with the Bears over the years, have they? No, no. Go back no, to like, uh, was it Henry Melton tore his ACL the uh, year of the tag? It's like winning the media good guy award. <laughs> <laughs> I think Alshon was fine the year he had the tag, but yeah, I think Alshon did have a, a decent year. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's. I mean, I expect Allen Roberts to play elsewhere next year, regardless of who is in charge of the Bears. He probably deserves that, but bad year for him overall. Bad luck overall. Let's, Although see, he, let's, let's see him up in Green Bay. Yeah, oh, think he regrets that decision from a few years ago. Eh, I don't know. Probably, eh, you never know with these guys. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, as Adam Hogue would say, we got to wrap up and put a bow on the Bears. Dramatic, inspiring win against the Seahawks. I, I'm saying that in jest, in jest, in jest. But um, here are your voicemails. The Bears' big win in Seattle. 
Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hoggy Cat, John Zibab, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. It's uh, Bob Dabrowskis calling in here from sleepy Seattle at the top of the Space Needle. Getting ready to go to this Bears game. Um, as you can tell from the sound of my voice, I am not a 10 out of 10 excited. Uh, more like a 9 out of 10, I guess. Uh Justin Fields is not playing. It's Nick Foles. Apparently, Justin Fields is questionable, and he might back up Nick Foles, which doesn't make sense to me because if he's healthy enough to back up, he should be healthy enough to start. Either way, it doesn't make sense, but I'm sure that uh, this is another genius move by Coach Nagy. He has so many up his sleeve. Um, Maybe he just wants one last chance to prove that he was right all along with Nick Foles. Who knows? I don't think Nick Foles likes Coach Nagy that much. But I'm not in the locker room. I can't tell you. Uh, anyway, let's just say Bears are going to win this one. Barn Borner, um, uh, 11 to uh, 0. Go Bears. Bear down. See you guys in January. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Bear down. The Bears are starting Artie Burns and Kendall Vildor over Thomas Graham after last week. You know what you got in Artie Burns and Kendall Vildor. It's not that good. Thomas Graham looked really good. Why not play the guy? Does this moron actually think that the Wildcat still works? Jesus Christ. He finally goes for it on fourth and nothing. Fourth and zero. And he throws it short on the f***ing sticks. This is Matt Nagy. This is Matt Nagy. Yeah, I noticed on the instant replay, if you look closely, it's actually Matt Nagy under center, and Nick Foles is on the sideline wearing the visor. This is Mark Kaiser calling from... San Antonio, Texas, doing my impression of the annoying Bears fan who constantly calls in and and says, the Bears are going to win this week. Michael Jordan is going to come out of the heavens and and make his debut as the Bears starting quarterback. Praise be to Michael Jordan. Praise be to Michael Jordan. Go Bears. Am I the only one noticing that during the Matt Nagy era, the two-minute drills have been atrocious? Before the half, we're driving to midfield. Two straight penalties before you know it. Third and 19, check down, punt. Seattle drives right down for the field for a field goal. I just feel like this is a constant problem, and you can point to so many examples of poor two-minute offense by Matt Nagy's teams. They don't get it. Joe from the Bronx. Honestly, I'm just so f***ing bored, dude. Like, this is awful. And you don't have to speculate over who's calling plays. Every time you see a draw on second and 20, it's a friggin' dead giveaway. And I got to watch this geriatric old man attempt to scramble behind this awful offensive line. No Disney ballad this week, boys. Something a little different. Here we go again with the best. Going down the only road Nagy knows. Never make adjustments to win a game. 
And he's made up his mind He keeps wasting all of our time Again with the band Hey Hog, hey Dan, this is Dan, Dan Hogan Just calling to say Da Bears Do be da ba ba da ba da ba ba do ba da ba do da Bears Hogie Cat, John, Sister Coach Here from Carlisle's Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Can't believe what I just witnessed. It was a motherfucking Bears victory. Big Nick. And I cannot believe what my Bears crew witnessed here in NC, baby. This season is not over. There's a lot to play for. And we are fucking Bears. Pat the basket calling in here from Seattle. Nick Falls is a god. Coach Nagy Naughty is doing the whole time. We should have listened to him back. Uh, I, I can't. I can't. I can't do this anymore. I can't. Um, let's get to next year. Good win. Go Bears. Bear down. Justin Fields the future. White Snake. I love it. There you go. Um, keep bringing the songs, everybody. Uh, I think it keeps it fun, keeps it light. It's week Found 17. Alan, I was looking for Alan Robinson here on the program if you're watching on YouTube. Kevin's back to his program from the 2018 playoff game against the Eagles. There's actually more guys on here that are still on the team than you would think. But not very many. You don't have flame-throwing Mitch Trubisky here anymore. No. If you're watching on YouTube, there's flamethrowing Mitch. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. 
Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, let's bring in our friend John Greenberg. Um, let's get the state of affairs locally on what the Chicago's Bears are and really aren't. What's going on there, John? Hey, what's happening, guys, on the, the Fishbane and John's podcast? I'm glad yeah, to be here. Yeah, who needs uh, that hug? Yeah, forget that hug, right? Although, wait, wait, did you call it Fishbane and John's? In this yeah, case, you're still second. <laughs> Fishbane started here first. He started the athletic first, so he gets yeah. first billing. And, and there's that long standing argument he has that he had the first Bears podcast, but that's still up for he debate. Did. Right, Kev? No, no debate. That's, that's the truth. Yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at that. All right. It's good radio for you. All right. We got John Greenberg here. Um, you know who he is if you're from Chicago. It's at underscore. Uh, it's at John underscore Greenberg, um, founding editor, senior columnist from The Athletic. You can read him uh, at the same place you can read me and Kevin. Um, John, we wanted to bring you in um, because it's been another very Bears season. And the yeah, Bulls playing is. well. The White Sox were a great story this year. And, like, let's start with this. Like, where do they fit, again, in this the city's conversation? Like, in terms of functioning teams and what they're doing. Like, you know, where, where would you put them? Well, I mean, where they fit in terms of, like, the conversation in the city is obviously, you know, at the top still. You know, especially when there's, you know, whenever they're good or, or whenever they're really bad, you know, that's all people want to talk about is the Bears. No matter how good the Bulls are, they're going to be, you know, sports radio, they'll be on the fourth segment, you know, after three segments about how shitty the Bears are. So we, we know that's that's where they stand. Right now, it's perfect, you know, a perfect storm of Bears news, right? Because they might they could fire the GM, they could fire the coach, you know, it's complete chaos and it's pretty much what we all expected last year when they kept everyone that a year later they'd, they'd be dealing with this so as far as like functioning teams you know i was thinking about this the other day like well, how would you tier or power rank or whatever the teams in town right now and honestly i think the bulls have shot up to number one you know and white Sox fans might disagree with me but you know the white Sox still have to deal with kind of tony kind of a tony Larusa issue we don't really know, you know, how good of a manager he still is, or how much he still fits this team. You know, they've got to get better in a few areas. The Bulls right now are literally everything is great about them. They need one big man to be like a, a real contender. So the Bulls, all of a sudden, they were dead last. You know, as far as a functioning team, just a few years ago. Now they're number one. Probably say the Sox are second. After that, man. You know, I, they're all terrible. The next three teams, you can't say the Blackhawks are third because they're still dealing with the fallout of a very, very serious scandal, um, you know, involving their their old video guy and the team covering up, you know, sexual abuse allegations for years. You got the Cubs, who we have no idea what they're doing, you know, whether or not they're going to be good or not. I guess you'd probably put the Cubs ahead of the Blackhawks after Bulls and White Sox. But the Cubs just got rid of the World Series team. You know, it, it's still hitting me watching like highlights. I think it was in Jason Stark's, you know, best of 2021 column, watching that that Javi Baez uh, base running play, and it, it still hit me that he's not going to play here anymore. 
you know, that he's, he's gone for good, you know, until he comes back as a visitor with Detroit. So, you know, that I, I hesitate to give the Cubs too much love. So I guess you would have Blackhawks. I mean, I think right now the Bears have to be last to, to give you a long-winded answer. I mean, they got the quarterback. They don't got much else. Yeah, I mean, as bad as the Cubs are, like I feel like there's more faith in town in Jed Hoyer than there is in anybody in Hallis Hall. Um, oh, yeah. And and I'm I'm glad you brought up the Bulls, John, because I'm like I feel it's an easy Chicago thing to do, like comparing sports, because we have it is obviously very different. But I have to imagine George McCaskey paid attention to what Jerry Reinsdorf did, right on with the Bulls, and and I'm wondering like. In terms of the the moving on from Garpax and all the excitement about what's going on right now, like how that could gr- connect to what the Bears do next. Like if George McCaskey were to talk to Jerry Reinsdorf and see what the Bulls did, like is there any kind of NFL equivalent to doing something like that? Um. Wow. I think of NFL equivalents. Do you really think he's paying attention? I have no idea what George McCaskey pays attention to, because he likes like the, the Cubs. Bears. He right, loves the, Bears, the Cubs. He does love the Cubs because I've talked to him at Cubs games wearing a McCaskey uh, like Cubs jersey, you know, or whatever, a Hallis jersey, whatever he's got. Um, I've talked, I've had good conversations with him at Cubs games. Um, I have no idea though because they think the Bears think they're so special and they are a different team, you know, whatever. But like, like think about their media policy. Like we don't discuss rumors and, you know, they're just so like, high and mighty about it like well, we don't have to discuss rumors i mean we have to discuss everyone but like if that same story happened with the cubs all it t- would take was a two-second text to jed or at the time theo or whoever the media relations person is and they would have shot it down or, or inquired on it within three seconds like it never would have got to that but the bears think they're different they think they're special because you know they've been around so long and whatever in the you know charter franchise so like i don't know and maybe you guys know better than I do with George, like how much he's influenced by other teams in town and how they do things. See, I think he should be. And we well, should be, but is he? <laughs> like for for our listeners or those watching on YouTube who aren't from Chicago, um, and we got listeners in you know from England to California, and whatnot. Oh, like stop just bragging to, at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little pat in the back at the Fishbane and John's podcast, but uh, like just to give you a quick rundown of what happened in the city of Chicago, is you had the Cubs kind of a dysfunctioning franchise with the deep history in baseball, right? A beloved franchise. Um, they shake up their organization, right? Hi- hire mm-hmm. Theo Epstein, yeah. Jed Hoyer, president, GM, you know? The Bulls, Michael Jordan's Bulls have been bad for a long time. Long wow, time. Wow, I wouldn't go that Well, I know, I know. You had, you had the... the, um, the well, like to explain it to people... It, to explain to people what happened with the Bulls, in 2015, they fired Tom Thibodeau, who had been a very the second best coach they've ever had, or second or third, depending uh, you know how you judge uh, Mata. But you know th- they had fired him, and they you know I, I like to say they got high on their own supply a little bit, and they they hired Fred Hoiberg because that was Gar Foreman's guy. It was a disaster. They fired Fred, and they they promoted their imbecilic uh, assistant Jim Boylan who's a complete buffoon um, oh, and it's no offense, no offense to Jim, but uh, it, it's, no offense it's to you, with, Jim. It's, it's with all due respect. That's a, all that's, due respect. That's, as Mark that's what we use in, the, in the, <laughs> the Bears media room. All, all due respect. He's a buffoon and it sank so low that the Bulls were hosting the all-star game 
And when like ESPN's NBA show was at Navy Pier, fans started chanting fire gar packs on the air while Zach Levine was being interviewed. And that was the point where they started leaking to reporters that yes, there's going to be changes. Yeah. Big changes. John Paxson stepped back voluntarily, although they were happy about that. Garforman was fired. Boylan was kicked to the curb. They hire uh, Arturnis Karnasovis, Mark Eversley. They hire Billy Donovan, yada, yada, yada. The Bulls are awesome now. But we never thought Paxson would ever – Paxson said, though. Paxson did tell us, when I'm leaving – I think he probably said it in the David Schuster Christmas interview. He always did. But he said, uh, I, I'll tell them when I'm leaving. And he didn't say it in a, in a condescending way. He said it in a very matter-of-fact way. And that's exactly what happened. They didn't. They did not fire John Paxson. He left. Yeah. The, the he's still there. Yeah, still there, but yes. not the, in the organization. The organization was shook up. Like new guys yeah. were brought in. Gar Pax is Gar Foreman and John Paxson. Um, for those who aren't from Chicago, and fire Gar Pax was a thing, just like fire Nagy is a thing. It it was exactly right. That's a really good like comparison. Except like we all, I mean, that, firing Bears coach isn't that big of a deal. Firing. John Paxson was a, like a, a major sea change. Like, you know, what's funny about George and, and you just see it on Twitter and stuff, which you don't, I don't take a lot of stock in, you know, what people say on Twitter, but like people are acting like George is so um, obstinate. Like he won't fire someone. George fired, he fired Jerry Angelo and then he, he let, let Lovey go right after that. Year after later. a 10 and 6 fires, season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then two, he only, you know, and then Trestman only lasted two years and, and Emory three years. I think George actually is a pretty quick trigger. You know, for for a Honda Civic driving uh, suburbanite, he tells us he's not a patient person. He does remind he's us that not. every January. He's he isn't. I mean, like, no. and that's the other misnomer about the McCaskies is that they care. They don't care about the wins and losses. Yeah. I mean, George that's is crazy. like as obsessed and passionate and wanting to win as anybody about the Bears. Um, but John, as they get to this coaching search that we expect to happen, so. I was thinking about your hometown team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, because like, I feel like it'd be great, and this goes for every team, to find the next Mike Tomlin, which is like an impossible thing to do. But like, I just like this, this obsession with finding that 30-something offensive guru, like the Bears child with Matt Nagy. Now there's an obsession with maybe finding the next Brandon Staley, you know, the 30-something defensive guy that really surprise impresses everybody in the interviews but like i want <laughs> it's one swing this way the swinging back yeah that way. <laughs> i know like i want like i want tomlin i want john harbaugh i think like i think like yeah, you, I, you, yeah you just don't know how to f- it's hard to find that guy and the bears i guess how do you like what what advice would you give to, to george as he gets into this in terms of trying to find the guy that can be that person and I'm yeah, asking I mean, that knowing it's an impossible question. Well, I mean, I think it is a good – that's a good point because what my, what the Roonies did, everyone thought Russ Grimm was going to get that job. The offensive line coach, you know, the ex-hog um, was going to get that Steelers job. And he looks like a Steelers coach, right? I mean, no one looks – Russ Grimm definitely looks like – definitely would fit the, the archetype of, of uh, Bill Cowher. But, uh, yeah, Mike Tomlin was just like a one-year, I think, coordinator in Minnesota. And, he you know, he impressed them in the interview. You know, and the Rooney Rule is obviously named after Dan Rooney, so they want they they already they had already fulfilled the Rooney Rule by the time they interviewed Mike Tomlin. But they, you know, I think they wanted to try to you know give people a chance, give some younger coaches a chance, coaches of color a chance. And and Mike Tomlin, if you listen to him talk, I mean, he people do joke about some of his his like uh, 
corny sayings, you know, that he has, but he's impressive and he impressed them right away. And I think when you, you talk to someone you're impressed by that can, that can speak and you're, you're, you're interested and you believe in them. I think George should really just kind of come in with no preconceived notions and look for someone like that. Like go around the league and ask who are some of the impressive young coaches, not based on their scheme, not based on who, who, what tree they fall under, but just who are people that are like impressive men and impressive leaders. And if he does that, maybe he'll find someone, you know, or maybe people in his ear will say, let's have a mock press conference and we'll hire Mark Dressman. <laughs> well, the funny thing that about those, quali- everybody. <laughs> the, the funny thing about those qualities is that there is a world that exists in which Matt Nagy is that guy. Right, like oh yeah, and I like Matt Nat. When Matt Nagy talks, yeah. I, I like him. I mean, I know he gets himself in trouble a lot, and he annoys a lot of fans and sports radio hosts with some of the stuff he says. That stuff doesn't bother me. Like I don't expect him to to hand us information on a platter. Like I, yeah, you know, I have covered baseball mostly, and baseball they say not mostly, but a lot. They say you know a good part about being a baseball reporter is figuring out what the person in front of you is not saying. And filling in those gaps, you know, on your, on your own because the baseball coach managers talk twice a day. So, you know, I'm fine with Maggie. And I, I agree with you, Kevin. I like him. And, you know, what? even Tressman, like we make fun of Tressman, you know, and everyone makes fun of Tressman. But I actually liked him compared to Lovey. It was a huge change because you go from someone that didn't want to share anything with you to a guy who would who was willing to explain his offense to you. So I, I actually never minded Tressman. I just – I felt bad because he was so beaten down at the end, and and I get some nag, I get some of those similar vibes from Nagy now because he's just kind of been beaten down by us. Yeah, in yeah. Life. I, I, I get the same. Um, let's go back to your Tomlin point. Like, doesn't that just come down to George McCaskey knowing what he wants? Like, I yeah. feel like George McCaskey, at least in his tenure of chairman, doesn't know what he wants. I, I think the hirings are examples of that. You know, like from. Emery being stuck with Lovey Smith for a year to going the complete opposite of what Lovey Smith was and bringing in the offensive guy in Mark Tressman who can't control the locker room, you know, but he could call plays. But then you went to John Fox. It's just, you know, it, and then you went back to Matt Nagy to the offensive side. Like, know what you're looking for. You know, I think that goes back to the, to the argument, which I do think has some – is valid in a sense is, you know, do the McCaskies know what they're looking for and do they know football? Do they know what they want to be as a franchise? You know, we, we, they have this history. They know what they can be, but they don't know how to get back there. Like to Kevin, your point, like they want to win. Yeah. They just don't know how to win. Well, it's like if you think, you know, to keep on the Rooney's thing, you know, if you go back in history, right, you know, George Hallis, great football mind. You know, genius football mind, you know, one of the, the originators of the league. You know, um, Art Rooney, the chief, was not like a really good owner. I mean, he was a great guy, supposedly, like gambler. He was great. He would hire his friends. He was a guy you want to sit and drink with. He, The Steelers didn't get good till his sons took over. Till till Art Jr. I think it was Art Jr. or the second. I can't remember. They're all, there's like 50,000 Art Rooney's in that family. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Art Jr. And, and Dan took over. And they didn't take over the ticket department. Like George, you know, George is given the ticket department. They took over personnel and scouting. And that's when the Steelers actually got good. And that's when they built that, you know, their, their four Super Bowl champion team. They built their dynasties through the Suns. And, you know, and the Bears is the opposite. You had the old man who knew football and his, 
you know, and then Muggs, his, his Muggs, he was supposed to take it over and he died, Muggs Hallis. And then since then, the McCaskies don't know football. They've never trained in it. They like football. You know, George probably knows more about football than the average, you know, uh, Bears fan, you know, tailgating in the South lot. Like he knows it, I think. He just doesn't. It's amazing he doesn't yet know how to run a team. Now, and remember, George has only took over as president. How long was it? Like 2011, maybe? 2011. I, I remember. Were you there? Do you cover the team yet? No, are you still on the Blackhawks, Adam? I was still on the Blackhawks. Okay, so I remember his first press conference and how, what not a big deal it was. It was in the media room. There was no special press conference. It was literally after Jerry Angelo talked. So no one cared about George coming in, really. It was really weird because, you know, Jerry didn't talk. You know, he's a GM. He talks more than Ryan Pace, but he talked a couple times a year. So everyone was really concerned asking Jerry Angelo all these questions. And then George was introduced after Jerry talked to us for like an hour. And like we, you know, by that point, Mike McCaskey was kind of a non-factor. He was a president kind of almost in name only. And, you know, we had no idea George was going to become like, you know, have this bigger role. So it's kind of interesting to think when he took over, it was not a big deal. It was like people barely cared. And then a year later, Jerry Angelo is fired. Phil Emery is hired. Year after that, Lovey Smith sent packing too. I still remember that interview with George McCaskey. That's when he first showed some emotion saying that tears were shed when Lovey was fired. But then came Mark Tressman. And here we are. Here we are in 2021 talking about changes again. It's it's a it's a cycle that I don't think the Bears know how to escape. And I've always thought that the local teams should be a great resource for them. Like even, even the Blackhawks. Like John McDonough didn't know a single thing about hockey. Did not know a single thing about it. He'd be the first one to tell you about it. But you know what? He hired somebody or promoted somebody, and Al McIsaac could tell him every little single thing he could, and that, you know, you know, and be his his right. his hockey conduit, have you? You know, between him and the the Bowmans. Well, and and that's the, that's the problem with George because like like if he wanted to pave his own path and not be a football guy, like fine, but he hasn't hired good football guys. Like if he was if he in any of these years was able to f- hire somebody that was just you know. That that because like the whole idea, and this goes down another tangent about this idea of a president of football operations. And I always tell people Ryan Pace is the president of football operations. Right. Like he does everything that you that exactly. that you're wanting out of that role. And the problem is that you know the, the the record speaks for itself when Ryan Pace has been here and George hired Ryan. So like you just need George really just needs enough football acumen to hire the right general manager and. Then he can and maybe. If you want to be, give him more, and if you want to do title inflation and give him the next guy a bigger title, that's fine. That's all yeah. president of football operations or baseball operations or basketball operations is. It's a title inflation from from what people used to call a GM, right? right? Like you said. And the reason they do it, one is for money, two is to hire people because you can only hire people from other organizations usually if you give them promotions. So you know you want to hire a GM from another team, you got to give him that's under contract. You give him you know a president title, but. You know, I, I do. I think someone just needs someone just needs a lot of power. I don't think reporting to Ted Phillips is like a huge issue, but maybe it is. Maybe there is some sense of like I'm not the president, and he's he ranks higher than me. Well, I, I and I think with Ted, it's like the and John's John's has reported on this before. You know, 
the Khalil Mack trade, you know, went through Ted first. And like, that makes sense. If Pace is going to pull the trigger on that, he's got to check with Ted. And I think that is part of the, the line of, you know, like the supervisor that you should be able to cut out at this point. Like, right. Ted Phillips not should not able, have a sit. Like, he's, right. he's you not. You might be able to get better people if, if you don't have to go through that. People might not want this job if they're, you know, don't have that title. That's a case. Yeah, like whoever well, I think it's is been reported with Chris Ballard. Sorry, Kev. Yeah, I was say whoever's in charge of football personnel, whoever's in charge of the roster, and that is everything. That's the draft. It's free agency. That's essentially what Ryan Pace does. That person should just report to George, and, and that that should that should be it. Now, if you want to bring in a president who's more like a Trace Armstrong or something like that, who's that guy instead? If Ted Phillips and he reports to that guy, fine. But I think that just creates an awkward situation in the personnel room when you have. I mean, I guess the White Sox. John, you would speak to this more like kind of what they, with what they did with Kenny Williams and how like how that works with Rick Hahn. Like, you you know, obviously we talked about the Bulls earlier. They have a president and a GM um, in football. I just never think it works to have or at least it just seems always awkward if you're going to have. Yeah, I'll keep using Trace Armstrong as the example. Trace Armstrong here and a general manager. How you does that work on draft night? You, you would just yeah. have a president and then assistant GMs. Right. Right. Like Theo was to Jed in some ways. Exactly. I mean, Jed was to, Jed was the GM, and they split up because there's a lot more trades and things like that. Yeah. So what Theo and Jed would do is they would split up all the other people in their GMs or presidents in baseball. Who has a better relation? Oh, okay. You know, Theo's got a better relationship with uh, Cashman, so he deals with Cashman. Jed's got a better relationship, you know, with so and so. So they definitely split up a lot more. But yeah, I mean, Theo was the guy, you know in charge we all knew that i do think there's some function here though like what the bears have isn't working like the yeah. the, the coach is judged by the gm and the gm is judged by ted phillips and george mccaskey but do they have the backgrounds to be accurately judging i guess is is, is the question here like maybe uh ted phillips should have questioned Ryan Pace's evaluation of Mr. Trubisky, you know? Maybe George McCaskey needs to question the hiring process that led to Matt Nagy a little bit more instead of just being along for the ride. Like, maybe at some point, since this isn't working, something different has to happen. There needs to be different levels. Maybe that is just having a president, you know, and then like two different assistant GMs who handle different things. But again, there's different levels because... The current structure, as we know it, has not worked. Yeah, the results are clear. I mean, this is like the thing about what's going on with the Bears right now is just results. This isn't – there's no – like like the naggy stuff, you could argue about specific things. that, But the result the, – the the clear thing is his offense doesn't work. And Matt Nagy was brought in you know, for offensive reasons. The offense just doesn't score points. Like you can you – can, you know, everyone can have different reasons for why that is, but it doesn't matter. Like, you got to score more than two touchdowns a game, and it just it really? just doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. it would be a good idea. Uh, scoring points. Seven years ago yeah. today, we were standing at uh, TCF Bank Stadium as Mark Tressman told us after the game that he believes he is the one to get the Bears out, and we yeah. kept turning and looking into the owner's box. It was Phil sat with George, and who was who was the kick returner, Johns, who had like a long. Somebody had like a long return in that yeah, game. Somebody was, did, yeah. And they were going, they were so yeah, excited. Yeah. 
that there's. I, I just looked it up the other day because I was going to use it for something. I'm going to save it for my column. What always was so when funny. When I go back, that, here, I'll tell you. Yeah. That game, what was so funny was like we knew the season was over. We knew it was coming. And that game was still ended up being like the worst offensive game for the team the whole year. Oh, it was terrible. 13 9. 13 9 loss. Well, so four- I know. I, I wrote in my lead that George George did it as a full body fist pump when uh, Jay Feely's kick <laughs> like Jay tied Feely. tied the game. I forgot Jay Feely was on the Bears when Jay Jay Feely tied the game. Feel oh god, yeah. Let me let me just paint the picture of Robbie of got what... Robbie got hurt that year and oh Jay Feely god, was calling this weekend's that. game for CBS. Yeah, he... Got called in and and and, and kicked in an successful onside kick too. So so that game. Yes. Everybody was at TCF Bank Stadium, right? That was because the the Vikings were were building this beautiful stadium they have now, right? They they that was still in the process. So they were playing at the University of Minnesota's stadium, and in this press box, the the box that they gave the booth that they gave ownership was right next to the Chicago media, but they were divided by covered just yeah. a glass but wall that, that was later shaded out. Yes, but not this year. Not the first year yet. So we're in this, and I still like Peggy Kaczynski is literally like seated next to the McCaskey so family, great. only divided by this glass window, and we're we're all seeing this. And this is week seventeen of a lost season. Mark Tressman's being fired the next day. Phil Emery is too, but he's seated in that ownership box, just two seats away from George McCaskey, and George McCaskey is as emotional as everything like everything that's happening on the field he is invested in. Like this is a lost yeah. season. I think the Bears only had five wins that year. And like John, like you said, the the fist pump on like during kick returns, cheering, standing, clapping. Like we saw that. Was, and that was a five I, I, win team. If, if oh, you're watching on YouTube, uh um, yes. I'm trying to see if I'm showing that correctly. So there's, there's Peggy, Peggy right there. Peggy Kaczynski formerly of NBC. Yeah. And it was like Phil and his wife, right? Phil and his wife, yeah. Yeah, and, yep. and Phil, Phil and his wife and notes. George. Phil took notes the entire game on like a yellow legal pad. Yes, yes. And Virginia was in the back row, um, you know, watching our terrible team with the people responsible. And then after the game, yeah, right. I, and I remember people were laughing because I was the one that when someone, you know, Tressman said he was going to get – some like local reporter asked like what the process is for him now when the season's over and he's – he was talking about like watching film and meetings and all this stuff. And I was like, you really, ex-? I was like, do you expect to be back? <laughs> and he said, yes. And I just went, why? <laughs> and he, he, gave, he, you know, it was obviously insulted, but he gave an answer. And then he stated his case, like, I believe I'm the right, I remember, I remember that. And I also remember Jay Cutler being asked if he was just feeding the ball to Matt Forte to break the receptions record by a running back, and him saying no, but he clearly was. Remember that? Like yeah. Matt Forte broke a record that day that was quickly beat by Christian oh McCaffrey a couple of years later. But like that was like like oh. it, it's good. It's yeah. good to remember 2014 because it's good to remember that like as bad as the season's been, it could be much worse. Trustman goes, nobody understands the situation better than I do. I've lived it every day for the last two years. It's only the last six months, so I have some expertise in that area. I don't think anybody's in a better position to assess it other than myself and Phil. <laughs> See, I think there's a there's a difference between Mark Trustman and Matt Nagy, where if somebody asked Nagy on Sunday after the game, do you think you're the one to get the Bears right? 
he would probably say, you know, I'm not here. I'm not, I don't want to an- answer that question. I just want to talk about this team. And like, he wouldn't go like full delusional. I don't think it'll be interesting. That's why I'm going though on to that game in Minneapolis. Now it might just be on Zoom, so it might be like you know pointless for me to go. But um, I definitely want to hear what he has to say. I mean, I feel bad for Nagy in a way. I mean, listen, it's a job. You know, these jobs you're you're hired to be fired and and everything else. So like whatever, but. You know, I like Matt Nagy, and I, I feel like he's a good person, you know, and a good guy. Just there's no argument for him to stay. I mean, obviously, it doesn't doesn't work. But like I do say, and I, I was bringing this up the other day to someone, maybe Kevin. You know, when people get around this time, and you know, some people get on there kind of a little high and mighty, like, oh, you know, you don't root for people to get fired. These guys have to move their families and stuff, and that's all true. But the only reason the bear these coaches have this job is because you know some other coaching staff got fired. So, like, yeah, it sucks, but, like, that's why these guys weren't born into these jobs. <laughs> like, they didn't come up, you know, you get these jobs because other coaching staffs get fired. And, and trust me, I've talked to coaches who said, like, literally there'll be staffs rooting for someone to get fired because they think the coach they're attached to, you know, could get that job. It goes round and round. I'm sure yeah, Matt, Nagy, round Matt, Matt round. Nagy's going to be back in Kansas City before we know it. I think he'll be uh, Jacksonville's quarterback coach at Doug Peterson, maybe. Could happen. It's a great quarterback yeah, to work with. Yeah, OC there. Yeah. I don't know. John, thank you so much. Um, this is so much to, to talk about, and we, we've seen teams change in major ways here in Chicago. Um, we appreciate your input, man. Um, maybe see you the Giants game? No? Yeah, Sitting that one out? I'm sure. Yeah, my son <laughs> talked about wanting to go. So we were, I was debating taking them, but then I think it's going to be really cold that day. Yeah, I, th- I think it's slated to be really, really cold. So, I'll, yeah, I'll be there, and I'll go to Minnesota, and then see you guys uh training camp. Ah, training no, camp. just kidding. I'll be there for all these coaches' interviews and GM interviews. And, <laughs> you know, over Zoom. The, yeah, they better not. They better not make their we failed again thing over Zoom. I'm going to be really pissed. I think but it will be. I think I don't think they have a choice. Well, no, after the season's over, I think you do. I guess theoretically, I the protocols are like right now they have to do everything on Zoom. So, yeah, what would be the what would be like what's the protocol for George McCaskey and Ted Phillips? There's no protocols for them, they could do it outside. Ooh, could could do you? It, 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 it should probably be at the Peyton Center. Yeah, that would be that you would know. be the smart thing to do, but. Okay. We are talking about <laughs> the right, Chicago then, Bears. I guess. I guess we've just. I guess we've just eliminated that. Then it's a possibility. Somewhere. Somewhere. So. Somewhere. Nowhere. Sorry. I somewhere. Say, I hope I didn't someone. Alice Hall is taking notes. Oh, Peyton Center press conference. Good idea. No way. Um, I hope I didn't talk too much, but I figure with Hogue not here, someone had to fill the blustery. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying our best. Ways. You know, like we, we don't have the hair that he does. Kevin doesn't have any hair. That's why he wears hats on this podcast. But. Uh, <laughs> Oh, None yeah, of us like coach special like teams for for high school, so no, no, no. But uh, see you Sunday. Thanks, John. All right, see you Sunday, guys. All right, that's John Greenberg, founding editor, Chicago columnist from the Athletic. You can check him out on theathletic.com, just like me and Kev. That's at John underscore Greenberg. Always fun stuff, man. I, I like bringing up the the other teams. There is a point there, like that. Does George really talk to the Reinsdorf family? Does he really talk to, you know, those at the Cubs? I can't, but he should. He he can get access to them much better yeah, than we can. Yeah, like I mean, if George could talk to anybody he wants to in the professional sports world, and he should be talking to as many people as he can to 
figure out how to get this thing to f- fixed. To fix this. To yeah. fix this. And, and the Bulls look like they're on the right path. And this may sound like just a very Chicagoan podcast, but there's been a lot of bad teams in this city. A lot of poorly run franchises over the years that have found their ways into winning to championships. The Cubs did it. The Blackhawks got three of them. The Bulls seem to have righted the ship. Um, there's answers there, and George should use these other teams as resources. And I don't know if he is. I think last year he actually said he didn't. Um, but he needs to, to field opinions, does he not? I think he does, and, and I'm hopeful that George, both at the onset of the search and when it's over, will be transparent about what he did and who he talked to and how like and I've said this before my biggest question is what is going to be different about this search and and maybe we'll find out right away whether it comes to Ted Phillips role in it um but if it's search firm it fits Ernie Corsi like I you, you got to something's got to be different because what you've been doing for multiple decades hasn't worked so you know they've, they've got it they, and, and, and i'm i'm saying this johnsy acknowledging this is an inexact science every team that hires a head coach convinces themselves that they just hired the next great head coach you think of every look look at look at what the giants have been doing with joe judge i guarantee you that the mara family was convinced that joe judge was going to bring a super bowl back to new york right the George George McCaskey was convinced that Mark Tressman would bring a Super Bowl to Chicago. Like, that's the way these people operate, and that's fine. I just want to see that the process in which they go about finding this person is going to be different. And the Bears could debate why we deserve a peek behind the curtain. But I think it goes back to the, the George McCaskey who was pumping his fist and clapping, watching a five-win team in, in cold Minneapolis. He's a fan. The fans deserve to know. Not you and me. Adam Fans, Right? Adam Sheehan. Fans deserve to know. That's it, my man. Another uh, Johns and Fishbane podcast in the books. I think Adam Hogue will be back on Thursday. Kevin, you going to join us for a minute? Taylor Gabriel. No, he's just obsessed with his 2018 game program. Um... Yeah, sure. Thursday. I can, I can make some time for you guys. Read us on TheAthletic.com. Read Hogue on NBCSportsChicago.com. Watch us on YouTube. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Go to ObviousShirts.com for some hoodies and hats. Kev, that's it. Anything else? Uh, no, this was uh, this was this was fun. I'm, I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna let Hogue back. Good point. Good point. See ya. Good luck. Oh, come on. The see you was set. See ya. Da Bears! Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub an official partner of The Athletic.